WOR News Time, Graffiti down on 23rd Street on the uh, side of the subway station there, you know, in the IRT. It says, uh, help find a cure for boutiques. <laughs> What's the matter? <laughs> you look kind of confused. How about this one? Uh, avarice is better than none. Oh, you don't get it. Avarice is better than none? Oh, you do get it. It just ain't funny, right? <laughs> well, that's the way with life. Uh, he also asked me a question. He says, Shepard, I keep confusing Kurt Vonnegut with Harry Von Zell. Well, modern life. I mean, what are you going to do? Well, I'll tell you. I, I, the way I figure this out, he says, uh, he has invented, this same listener, he says, I've invented some more flora and fauna. You remember a few years ago when they had this book out, you know, about uh, uh, this uh, writer that invented all these birds, the uh, double-breasted uh, uh, cuckoo bird. You remember that? Remember those? Well, he's invented some. How about this one? The fake fur. Well, he invents flora and fauna. The fake fur? You don't like that. F-I-R? What's the matter? Well, how about this? Uh, the caramel quince. Carmel quince? Don't you remember her? Right. How about uh, the sheriff's possum? That's not bad, huh? Okay. How about this one? Um, the Hudson Terrapin. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> How about the excessive TV violet? Okay. All right, gang. Now, uh, what I always do whenever I, I'm, you know, I have to suffer fools and knaves, and I certainly do. I mean, you know, you know the old expression, it takes one to know one. Well, that's why I have trouble suffering fools and knaves. It takes one to know one, right? Uh, do you know what a knave is? I mean, I'm not referring to the, the uh, small... I'm not referring... Well, actually, a knave is a church term, right? A religious term, like apse. Well, I suppose you can have a mental apse. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen... Times, New York Times, if you're listening, if once more you continue to refer to something in your puzzle called a Pope's robe, I'll throw up. 
In other words, they keep talking about popes. You, you don't work the puzzle, so you wouldn't understand that. Uh, but puzzle people get very sensitive to words. I, I'm sure that Edwin Newman must spend a lot of his time working with the works and the uh, the products of the mind and the talents of Will Wang. Will Wang is the editor for the New York Times for the crossword puzzle. Who's the other famous editor? Eugene Who? You see, see how splintered our world is? You know that, that Sonny and Cher were on nine years before I knew who Sonny and Cher was. I thought that the Sonny and Cher show was one of these... Uh, uh, well, a public affairs show where two congressmen talk to each other. You remember the Ev and the, uh, what was the Ev and Charlie show? I thought the Sonny and Cher show, I thought there was a congressman from Utah named Sonny, and there was a guy named Sherbrooke or something, and they called it the Sonny. And it, it took me so, we're very splintered these days. Very splintered. One man's celebrity is another man's non-entity. Yes. I mean, I have my own private celebrities that none of you would, uh, would would understand who they were. Who are some of them? Well, all right. How about, I'll try this one on you. How about this one? How about uh, Alfred Gainsborough? You never heard him. I'm not talking about a painter. Alfred Gainsborough. Who was Alfred Gainsborough? <laughs> Alfred Gainsborough, two years ago worked more DX than any other amateur in the whole civilized world and won every contest there was. Now look how bored you look. Okay. W, 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 somebody stop me. Oh, I, W, 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 if you can stop me. Oh, I. 
uh, what was that? Wall covering. Oh, we have wall coverings. Oh. oh over 1,600 patterns. Really? And floor coverings, all the national brands. My. So be careful. Good morning, Martin Payne's floor covering and wall covering. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, what was that? Uh, decorative lumber. Oh, Miss Grimble, look around you. What do you see? Decorative lumber. That's right. This yeah. is a complete home decorating center. Oh. Floor coverings, wall coverings, lighting, uh, ceiling tiles, wall tiles, cork tiles, mirror tiles, lighting fixtures, dimmers, bulbs, bathroom accessories. But I can't say all that. Well, do the best you can. Good morning, Martin's Home Decorating Center. It ain't just paint. This is the coldest winter we've had in a long time. Of course, we haven't had an energy crisis like this before. But I go way back, before central heating. We wore mostly wool clothing then. And the colder it was, the more layers we wore. Because wool really kept the body warm. Still does. So do what we did. Wear wool. Might just take a lot of the chill off the coldest winter in a long time. The Wool Bureau reminds you to look for the Woolmart label when you want naturally warm clothes. How about a little general tire there, Al? Sing it out, gang. Let's hear it. Someday you're alone. Someday it's going to be inevitable. You're just going to do it. Sooner or later, you'll own Generals. If you need a long mileage tire, get Generals 40,000-mile radial tire, the dual steel radial, built with a smooth riding radial ply body and two strong steel belts for puncture protection. That's General Dual Steel Radio, the first polyester and steel radial tire accepted by good old Detroit for original equipment use and still popular. So see what radial tire performance can do for your old heap. Mount your dual steel radial tires today at your local General Tire headquarters. Sooner or later, you will own General. You will own Generals. Sooner or later, you'll own Generals. Do you have some free time? Share it with a little brother. It can be a rewarding experience for both of you. Howard Frankel says this about being a big brother. You sure put something into your life. I mean, my kids are in their 20s and out of the house, and starting with the youngster again, it's just wonderful, this thing, you know. It gives me as much pleasure, I'm sure, as it gives Bernie. Your little brother is waiting. Contact the local Big Brothers Association in your area. It's in the phone book. Be a big brother. All it takes is a little time. I'll ask you another one. Who was Alonzo Kirchhoff? That's right. You're right. 1912 Olympics. Hop, skip, and jump. <laughs> no. Kirchhoff's Law. You know about Kirchhoff's Law. Don't you remember that? You've probably been arrested on it several times. Didn't know the name of the law. You don't know who Kirchhoff was? Well, who was Ohm? What was Ohm's first name? Now, there is a piece of trivia for you. Yes? The name Ohm is a name of a person. All right. What was Watt's name? Yeah, Watt. I mean, you, you, how many Watts is that bulb that you got over there? Well, do you know that Watt was a name of a guy? Uh, these, are, these are celebrities uh, that are such big celebrities that their names have entered the language. And in small letters, that's really making it, man. Like, uh, I uh, bought seven shepherds of potatoes today. Wouldn't that be a fantastic? Uh, that's real fame, you know. Uh, all right. Uh, here's another uh, celebrity that nobody talks much about. 
What was Farad's first name? Did you ever hear of the Farad? Micro Farad? Milli Farads? Eight micro Farads? Eight, right, you know, right? Who was Farad and what was his first name? No, you don't know, huh? Well, all right, there is. So, so don't come and lay this on me that I'm dumb because I didn't know who Sonny and Cher were, for heaven's sakes. <laughs> for heaven's sakes. I still refuse to admit there is a Sonny and Cher. I mean, I, I hate to, you know, I hate to see our civilization going that way. Whenever I, whenever I find that my head is uh, giving me trouble like this, there's only, like Sherlock Holmes. What did Sherlock Holmes play? when he wanted to relax. The violin, correct. No, not the piano, Sam. The violin. <laughs> he played the violin. Now, what did he play, though? What music did he play? I'm drawing a blank. I thought there were nothing but scholars out there listening to me. At least I certainly have to assume that from the mail. Every writer who writes to me thinks he knows everything. Dr. Watson, right? What was Watson's first name? Donnie? No, that's the uh, Donnie and Buddy show. Who? John. Dr. John Watson. What was his specialty? I'll give you a clue. It was not pediatrics. Dr. Watson. And where did he take his medical training? Oh, it's all in the good works. It's all mentioned right there in the writings. So don't come and tell me that you're, 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 you know everything. You don't. You don't. What train stops only every other trip through Grand Central? It ain't the A train. The A train does not go through Grand Central. That's right. That's damn right it's right. It's only late Saturday night, especially on New Year's Eve, that I make a mistake like that and wait for the A train in Grand Central. <laughs> so, please, will you? Like Sherlock Holmes, I have to relax my mind. Bring it on. That's not my regular juice harp. Yeah, it's in my bag. But this this is all right. I thought the way. No, this is a kid's one. That's a bad one there. You can always tell a bad juice harp by what it does to your front teeth. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> oh, well. Well, listen, uh, before we go any further, I, I think it's very much part of my... Uh, my uh, 
duty as an artist here to uh, bring you bad news as well as good news. Right? I mean, don't you think that's a very important thing to do? Not that you don't get enough bad news, but I'm talking about really bad news. I mean, really bad stuff. I'm not talking about the cabinet resigning, uh, presidents uh, getting kicked out. I'm talking about bad news. Bad news. For example, one of my cherished, I suppose you might say, uh, fugitive little private myths that I always held was that someplace in the world, peasants tread upon grapes to make wine. They don't. They really don't. <laughs> I mean, it's really sad to know. Now, I don't. I, I don't know whether you're into wine at all, but you know, most Americans today can have a glass of wine here and there. And the, when you go into this elegant Italian restaurant, you kind of expect, you know, to get this elegant Italian wine. It's nine dollars a bottle, and somehow you figure you're paying nine dollars because you don't get peasants tromping on wine grapes cheap like you used to, right? No way. I have a report here. It says, this is from Frascati, Italy. Now, you know Fras You know what Frascati is? Nothing. You don't know? Frascati is to wine what Detroit is to transmissions. Frascati. That's where they make it, man. And if you look at the bottom of your, your wine, any, any Italian wine, you'll always see Frascati, if it's good wine, right? Frascati, Italy. As every... Romantic knows Italian wines are produced by brightly costumed peasants stomping merrily with their bare feet in huge tubs of fresh grapes. What picture starring Gina Lola Brigida had her as a peasant? Where there was, in fact, wine being tromped. You don't know? See, I'll tell you, I'm just displaying the fact that you're not so smart, right? And by the way, what movie did she also ride around in constantly on a little burrow? You remember Gina Lola Brigida? High-octane lady. You don't remember her, huh? Boy, oh boy. There were scenes with Gina Lola Brigida photographed just right. I mean, if she was photographed just right. Made Sophia Loren look like a gingerbread man. <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> Whew, she clouded up the minds of men. Anyway, you also pictured a scene. A fiddler comes down from the village and everyone sings and dances while their feet are being stained purple and the grapes have been churned into liquid musto, which is grape juice. <laughs> liquid musto. And then once fermented, the wine, of course, is stored in dark cellars to age in ancient wooden casks. Isn't this the way you see it? Okay. Things have changed. Do you want to hear what really happens in Frascati now? All right. Now the cheerful peasants have been replaced by highly trained technicians working in sterile laboratory coats. The stomping tubs are now big, complex machines that chew up a ton of grapes in ten minutes, and the aromatic old wooden casks have been traded for enormous plastic and glass tanks. And the head of the winery at Frascati, when he was asked about that, had this following answer. He said, say, are there still Indians who take scalps in America? I hate smart. You know what? 
If there's anything I hate, it's a guy that comes up with a smart remark. Are there any Indians that take scalps in America? Michel Minoun asked one disappointed visitor to his modern winery south of Rome in the Frascati region. The wine that wasn't so good in the older days, he says. You hear that? The wine that wasn't good in the older days. Their feet were probably dirty anyway. Their feet were filthy, as a matter of fact, and then they put it in a filthy bottle. <laughs> yeah, but that's what made great wine. Now, it depends on how earthy you are. And I am pretty earthy. This is WOR New York, friends. And speaking of the earthy, there's nothing more plain, simple, and honest than a lot of commercials stuck right in your left ear. Here they come. Okay. Now, listen, I I'm going to tell you a story that's going to make you probably pretty sick. So I'm going to, t I'm going to warn you right offhand, the story is in bad taste. It's in terrible bad taste. No, I'm, t I'm just going to tell you a story that's in bad taste. And, and, <laughs> and I'm going to warn you, it's not for everybody's stomach. Okay? Now, it's an army story, which right away is not for everybody. Now, I'll tell you one thing about the army. I, uh, I, 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 I suppose any of the armed services, now I'm going to say something about the armed services that are, are not often brought out in movies. I mean, I know all you watch MASH. By the way, this is nothing like the real army. <laughs> That's TV'sville. But, you know, I mean, uh, Rhoda is not like a real person either. So, you know, you accept certain dumb things on television that have little to do with life. But I'm going to tell you a real story of the Army. Now, Army, one thing about being in the Army, about being in any of the armed services, first of all, you're very young. That's almost axiomatic. Very few guys join the Army when they're 42 for the first time. When do you join the Army? When do you go into the Navy? Right out of high school, right? Some guys are in high school and they go in. So how old does that make you? Okay, 17, 18. All right, in my case, it was 17. Now, you, you think you know a lot. <laughs> you really do, you know. When you're walking around and you're a high school senior, you really think you, you got the world by the you-know-what. You, know, you really do. That is a period in life when you feel that everything is so simple, you can't figure out why all the stupid people are doing dumb things. It's only later that you understand that things are far more complicated than they seem. Now, it takes a long time to learn that. And one of the best places to learn it is in the Army. Or the Marines. Or the Navy. Or the Seabees. Or the Coast Guard. You will not, I repeat, not learn it in the Boy Scouts. No. I mean, you really learn stuff in the Army. Now, I'll tell you what, one of the things I learned in the Army. And it came about, I, I think most things, real things that people learn in their lives, are learned on Saturday nights. Did you too hear that? I will repeat it because I think you missed that. Most things that people learn in their lives, the real things, as opposed to book learning, formal education, 
are actually learned on Saturday nights as opposed to, say, Tuesday. Now, why Saturday? Well, you go out Saturday night. You do things on Saturday night that you would no way do on Tuesday nights. There's a restlessness. Do you know that that's why they called that day Saturday? It was Saturnalia Day? Yes. Saturn is named after Saturday or vice versa. Satan, the word Satan comes from Saturnalia. The word Saturday is directly derived from Saturnalia. Saturday was traditionally the Satan's day. The day of evil. The day of hanging one on. The day of tying one on. <laughs> if you prefer that. Also, it was the day of getting into disastrous card games. How many times have you heard guys say, Hey, look, we're going to have a little poker game Saturday night. Come on over, Al. They don't say Tuesday night. They run the big stakes races on Saturday. That's where you can really get shocked. They make the drawings of the big lotteries. What night? Saturday. Saturnalia. Well, all right. I'm 17. I've been in the Army roughly, oh, five weeks. My uniform is now just beginning to fit. When you first get it, you feel like, it's really strange, it's stiff. You're not used to stuff that scratches you. And <laughs> you're not used to ties. And, uh, they give you a wool shirt. Very few guys have ever owned a wool shirt in their lives, where they actually wear a wool shirt. And they also give you suntan shirts, but they give you these all kinds of his stuff that you never had. I never owned a set of long johns till I got in the army. Never wore them. And they gave you long johns, right? And they were made out of wool, man. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. You put upon a, a pair of long johns made out of wool, and you feel like you're dressed in nothing but Brillo pads. <laughs> All right. So it's very, very, very. You get the sense even your clothing is is very strange, and you got dog tags around your neck, which clink and rattle, and you got strange underwear. Uh, for example, the, the the shorts they give you in the army, they don't give you uh, uh, jockey shorts, which I always wore. You know, jockey shorts, the short ones. They give you these long ones. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're they're like boxer shorts, and I never wore those. The big baggies back ends on them. I never had anything like that. And they make you wear a a uh, well a, a, an underwear shirt. You know, the kind with the straps over. It's like a t-shirt. It's, it's underwear. Tom, I never wear underwear shirts. So you you always feel like you got stuff on you. You got things on you, and heavy shoes. Oh wow, they give you shoes that weigh about the well, I'd say about your average bowling ball. And they give you two of them. Two pairs. <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> okay. Uh, they even issue you, I suppose you didn't know this if you never were in the Army or the Navy, they issue you a comb. They also issue you a razor. And some cardboard blades, which do not cut. And it's a funny little plastic razor. What else do they issue you? Well, uh, do you want to hear some of the other goodies? You do want to know these things, do you really? Well, uh, 
<laughs> All right. I don't know why I'm telling you this. This is dumb. They, uh, they issue you uh, socks. And they're very dull-looking socks. You know, uh, the average guy, if he's going to wear socks and he's 18, what does he wear? He wears usually the kind of socks, athletic socks is what you'd wear if you're going to wear socks at all. Right, Sam? You know, you wear the kind uh, that you wear under, uh, say, basketball shoes, that kind of stuff. But what kind of socks do you get? Well, you get brown socks. <laughs> and they're, they're thin. They're, they're real. They're, they're daddy socks. They're the kind that uh, elderly insurance men uh, wear. Uh, you, you put these on, see, and you feel really funny with these socks on. Then they also issue you some wool socks, which immediately upon being washed are about the size that Winnie the Pooh could wear, little tiny feet. And, uh, yeah, you, you got those. Okay. Well, here I am, see, it's, 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 it's Friday night. And it's, uh, I've been in the Army about four or five weeks. And I have been shipped to this camp. And two weeks before, we have begun training. we got this training company. And all the guys are from all different parts of the country. They're from everywhere. And we're in this barracks. And there has been an announcement made that since we have now been in training for two weeks, a certain number of us are now eligible to get a weekend pass. Now, you don't go home on a weekend pass. We were about 2,000 miles from Chicago. In fact, we were in the Ozarks. It seemed like 2,000. It wasn't really, but it was so far. I mean, no way. Now, there was a tiny town about, oh, I'd say about 10 miles from this camp. Now, this is a permanent camp. I mean, it's like uh, the local Fort Dix. You know, Dix is a permanent camp. It's a permanent camp. And it had 20 million guys in it. And it had roads all running around at trucks. It had service uh, clubs, it had PXs, it had rifle ranges, and it had all the Army stuff going for it. And here I am, I'm in Company A of the 27th. The 27th STR. Do you know what STR stands for? Signal Training Regiment. Okay? <laughs> and, and it was a tough outfit, I'll tell you. 90% of the guys who were in this outfit were destined ultimately to become casualties, for starters. Uh, they did such things as climb telephone poles. Have you ever climbed a telephone pole with the temperature standing at 7 below zero, with a 30-mile-an-hour wind blowing sleet in your face, and you're 65 feet up in the air on climbers, wearing a, a big leather belt that goes around your waist and hangs down low, that has uh, wire cutters and uh, insulation strippers. And, uh, you're hanging up there trying to put a cross tree, a crossbar on a pole. The wind is howling and screaming. And you know that if you make one false step, it is all over. <laughs> I mean, all over. And you wonder, you know, I, I guess people, when they see guys climb these poles, they say, well, they're safe because they got this, this, uh, this, uh, Climbing strap, you know, the strap that put that strap is not to, for safety. Did you know what it's for? It's for working. And if you're if your climbers cut out, and they call it that cut out, see, the climbers are two great big spikes that are attached to the inner side of your leg 
has a great big uh, uh, iron or steel rod that goes up the side of your leg and it clamps under your knees and, and down around your your uh, ankles and you climb up this thing with short, quick, stiff-legged motions. You see, I'm doing it here. I'm, I'm illustrating. <laughs> it's something you, you don't climb this way, see. You go like this, see. It's because you pull the, the spikes out directly because if you don't, they will cut out and, brother, you are going down four stories. And that that uh, that climbing uh, strap is not going to help you. In fact, the first thing you do when you find yourself falling, you know what you do? You, you you hit the the emergency. There's an emergency clip on the side of it that releases this thing, so you can push yourself away from the pole. So when you fall, you fall free. Four stories. Now, why don't you want to stay by the pole? Well, more than one guy has died an unbelievably horrible death. Because these poles have long slivers in them. And if you cling to this and start sliding down, boy, <laughs> it's all over. Guys have had slivers four feet long driven through them. So here we are, sitting here. It's Friday night. And these guys are all sitting around on their foot lockers. There's a certain feeling of hopelessness. And yet, at the same time, you are now beginning to make the transition. You are no longer really a civilian anymore. And you're beginning to be part of this whole new world you're in. At first, you resist it. And now you're part of it. Or just part way. And I'm squatting on my bunk. There was a guy sitting on the next bunk to me who had had two previous hitches in the Army been in the army well a month, uh, roughly 12 years and now he had been transferred to a signal regiment to be trained as a signal corps soldier he had been in the infantry so he's a veteran he's squatting on a bunk he's seen it all buddy twice so he looks up at me and says you going to town I'm a cool 17, and my idea of going to town was going to a basketball game in a gym. <laughs> he said, you're going to town? I said, I, I, yeah, I'd like to go. He said, me and Gasser are going to town. Gasser was a guy I didn't even know. He was later to play a great role in my Army life later. But at this point, he was just a guy at the end of the barracks. I said, Gasser? He said, yeah, the tall guy down at the end. Do you want to go with us? By the way, it was on this night that I got to know Gasser. I said, yeah. A half an hour later, we are waiting in line for the bus down at the service club with our passes in our pocket. Two hours later, we pulled into this small town deep in the heart of the foothills of the Ozarks. I might say this, that on any given weekend... There were more soldiers in this town than there were in the camp. You weren't getting away from the camp when you went there. You were actually going to see more soldiers. Millions of them descended on this town and walk up and down the streets and they'd buy everything in sight. So we got this room. We stayed in there overnight with about 25 other soldiers. By the way, at the YMCA, in the gym, we paid a buck and a half to sleep in a gym on a, on a cot. 
And I was all excited, you know. I'm, a, I'm really a soldier now. I'm a man. I'm, a, I'm the kind of soldier that you see in the soldier movies, you know, walking around town uh, like Robert Mitchum and all those guys. <laughs> so the next day, we're out walking around. And we walk around town. There's no place to go, no, nothing to do, but we just kept walking around town. Well, around about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, this soldier says, listen, he says, how about uh, laying in some stock? Gasser said, what stock? He says, come on, let's go. He says, we're going to get ready for tonight. I said, what's happening tonight? He says, what do you mean, dummy? What's happening tonight? It's Saturday night. What's happening tonight? <laughs> and so both Gasser and I, who were rookies, kept our mouth shut because we figured, you know, what's happening tonight? We're going to learn what's happening tonight. Twenty minutes later, we each came out of a liquor store bearing a bottle of something that I had only heard of up to this point, had never tasted. Tokay. Did you ever hear of a wine called Tokay? Well, we took our Tokay wine back to the Y with three bags of White Castle hamburgers apiece. And I sat on my bunk at the, in the gym, and opposite me, sitting on his bunk, was this veteran. He opens his bottle of Tokay, and I swear, he drunk probably a pint and a half of it without even looking up. He chug-a-lugged it. He just went, and then he quickly ate three White Castle hamburgers, one after the other. You know these little hamburgers? And then he tilted the bottle again and, and drank more. And I said, what are you doing? He says, this is the way you drink Tokay. He says, if you don't drink it like this, it tastes lousy. He says, you wash it down with the hamburgers. I says, you wash it down? I always thought that <laughs> it was the other way. He says, no, you wash it down with the hamburgers. He says, see, the onions kill the taste. He says, and you do it as fast as you can or you'll throw up. I said, oh. I said, is it good? He said, oh, fantastic. He said, I've been doing it for 12 years. Well, Gasser and I both, in the space of 17 minutes, roughly, downed an entire fifth of 98 cents a fifth tokay and three bags, five in each bag, of White Castle hamburgers. 20 minutes later, Gasser and I were in the john. That is when we could stand. The entire weekend was gone. I can't, it's the only time in my life that, that I can honestly say I blacked out. And I would wake up fitfully on my bunk. And I would burp. And I would taste White Castle hamburgers. And my head, I had a headache. I'm going to tell you, I had a headache that extended right from where I'm sitting now to your house and back again by way of the Great Circle route. <laughs> oh, God Almighty. And by the way, this guy got up right out, went out, and dated five girls that weekend. That was the night that I learned there are men and there are boys. This is WOR New York. <laughs>